Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Tianlu. Coming up in this edition, the UN has urged countries not to cut funding for its relief agency after Israel accused several UNRWA workers of involvement in the October 7 Hamas attacks. The Islamic State has claimed the responsibility for the shooting at a church in Istanbul that left one person dead. And Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi has met with Thai Prime Minister Seta Tewesin in Bangkok. We begin with the Middle East. UN officials have urged countries to reconsider a pause in funding for its agency for Palestinians. Several countries have held back their funding following Israel's accusation that workers for the UN Relief and Works Agency for Palestine Refugees, or UNRWA, were involved in the October 7 Hamas attacks. The organization has vowed a full investigation and pledged punishment. Jim Spillman reports. Israel alleges a dozen workers with the UN Relief and Works Agency for Palestine Refugees, or UNRWA, were involved in the October 7th Hamas attacks, but details of the alleged involvement have not been made public. The UN says it is fully investigating the allegations. The Secretary General has been briefed uh, by the Commissioner General of UNRWA, Philippe uh, Lazzarini, regarding extremely serious allegations which implicate several UNRWA staff members in the terror attacks of October 7th in Israel. The Secretary General is horrified by this news and asked Mr. Lazzarini to investigate this matter swiftly and to ensure that any UNRWA employee shown to have participated or abetted in what transpired on October 7th or in any other criminal activity be terminated immediately and referred for potential criminal prosecution. By Sunday, the UN had fired nine of the employees One was confirmed dead, and the remaining two had not been identified. In response to the allegations, countries, including the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Germany, have paused some funding for the agency. Palestinian leaders say the cut in funding will cause further harm to the already suffering people of Gaza. This step simultaneously taken during the war in Gaza sends a wrong message. This, this is, there is a war against the Palestinian people. This decision is incorrect and should be stopped immediately. We urge all these countries to repay the UNRWA because it's a humanitarian issue. Prior to the October 7th attacks by Hamas, UNRWA had about 13,000 workers in Gaza and says more than 2 million people rely on the agency simply to survive from day to day. The UN defends the work of the agency and is calling for a resumption in funding. Without aid from UNRWA, the already dire situation is likely to get even worse. That was Jim Spellman reporting. Authorities in Turkey have captured two suspects in connection with an attack on a church. The Islamic State group has claimed the responsibility for the deadly attack at the Santa Maria Church in Istanbul. Mahal Badwid has more. At around 8.40 GMT on Sunday, gunmen attacked the Italian Santa Maria Church while service was taking place. According to Turkish officials who spoke to witnesses, two masked gunmen stormed the church and fired shots inside. Turkish officials confirmed a 52-year-old Muslim man died during the attack. The motive of the attackers is still unknown, but the Turkish interior minister Ali Yaylikaya said that the incident appeared to be a targeted attack against an individual and not the Catholic Church. However, the mayor of the Syria district, Şükrü Genç, stated that the victim was mentally disabled, an unlikely target, which was also confirmed by the nephew of the deceased. 
Genç also said that there were around 35 to 40 people attending the mass when the attack took place, which included the Polish Consul General of Istanbul. Sunday's attack comes about four months after a suicide bombing outside the Interior Ministry in Ankara, which was claimed by the Kurdistan Workers' Party, the PKK. But Turkey is also actively engaged in its fight against Islamic State. In December of last year, Turkish security forces detained 32 individuals suspected of having ties to Islamic State militants who were allegedly planning attacks on churches and synagogues. That was Mahal Badwit in Istanbul. In Europe, there have been large protests in Spain against the Prime Minister's controversial amnesty law for Catalan separatists. Just two and a half months into his second term, Pedro Sanchez has come under increased pressure from various political factions. Ken Brown has more from Madrid. New Year, fresh protests. Public anger over the amnesty deal for Catalan separatist leaders that allowed Pedro Sánchez to retain power hasn't subsided. Tens of thousands took to the streets of Madrid waving Spanish and European flags to show their continuing rejection of Sánchez's regional strategy. As citizens, we need to keep taking to the streets to show we don't agree, and our institutions have to try and mitigate the attack against democracy. We have to fight this with everything we have. We need to say loudly that we don't want our democracy or equality to be broken. The People's Party or the PP insist that this amnesty law is just another step towards giving Catalonia an official independence referendum. To complicate the situation further, this week declassified documents confirmed that Spain's intelligence services were spying on the president of the Catalan government, Per Aragonés, using the Pegasus spy software. The government needs the support of Catalan independence parties and Spain's justice minister insists the government had no knowledge of such activity. Now the PP is convinced that Sánchez will offer a referendum to Catalonia in the wake of this scandal. Sanchez, his PSOE, Socialist Party and partners in coalition have repeatedly and vehemently denied that Catalonia will be given an independence referendum, saying that they work within the Spanish constitution, which does not allow it. Opposition leader Alberto Núñez Fejó has called on over 3,300 PP mayors from across the country to join forces in a civic rebellion, which could take place before a potential referendum. A big week lies ahead for the government as the amnesty law goes to a vote before Spain's Congress amid the turbulence of the spying scandal. Meanwhile, the right continues to pile on the pressure. That was Ken Brown on a large-scale protest in Spain. Finally, in China, Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi has met with Thai Prime Minister Seta Tewisin in Bangkok. The meeting comes a day after the two sides cemented a mutual visa exemption deal for each other's citizens. Wang Yi told Seta that China is glad to see Thailand play a positive role in regional stability and world peace, adding that China appreciates Thailand for upholding the One China principle. He also said China always sees the Southeast Asian nation as a priority in its diplomacy with neighboring countries. Seta reaffirmed Thailand's commitment to relations with China, expressing the hope that the new visa regime will help boost people-to-people exchanges. Jawarat Yongjirannan has more in Bangkok. 
Well, it has definitely been historical visit. Both sides has signed an agreement for the export of Thai agricultural products to China, according to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Thailand. Uh, the Thai Prime Minister has expressed the importance of the uh, mutual visa exemption signing, where we will have a 30-day visa-free exemption for both people in China and Thailand, uh, and as well as the officiating of the consulates of China in Chiang Mai and Konkan, which are important uh, cities here uh, or provinces here in Thailand. Now, the visa agreement, as we've all heard from the past few days, is going to be uh, an issue that is possibly going to boost the tourism industry here in Thailand, uh, which has been badly damaged by the pandemic. This was signed with the Foreign Minister Ban Pri Pahitanukon, and uh, the Foreign Minister of Thailand has expressed that this reflects the long-standing relationship between Thailand and China. In addition to this, there were also discussions by both sides on the Thailau Connectivity Agreement Corridor outlook and as well as the coordination of the Mekong Langsang community uh, with Thailand playing a role in coordinating with all of these stakeholders and parties. So we heard that there was an auspicious meeting between the Chinese Foreign Minister and the Thai Princess Mahatakri Sinintan, which has been considered the symbol of Thai or China friendship. Uh, Minister Wang hopes that this will contribute to the Thai-Chinese relationship and the princess has also expressed how the relationship has been so warm in the past and there is hope that it will strengthen in terms of the fields of education, trade, science and technology. All in all, earlier in his trip, uh, Wang also met with the U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan uh, talking about a wide array of issues, whether it is international or regional ones. A definite important visit, not only for the region, but also for the world, boosting international relations for the start of 2000. That was Chua Rat Yongjiranan reporting. The Chinese embassy in Nauru has reopened after a nearly 19-year hiatus. The two countries resumed diplomatic relations earlier this month after Nauru announced its commitment to the one-China principle and severed ties with Taiwan. Councillor Wang Shuguan, who leads a Chinese diplomatic team in the Pacific Island country, has voiced his expectations for the future of bilateral relations. From this new beginning, the two countries will continue to enhance political mutual trust, support each other in independently pursuing a development path suited to their own national conditions, accommodate each other's core interests and major concerns, support and cooperate closely with each other in international and regional affairs, and push bilateral relations to a new height. Earlier, Chinese diplomats and representatives of the Chinese company hoisted China's national flag in Nauru. Meantime, people living in the tiny Pacific island nation are still digesting the news of their country's most recent diplomatic switch. Greg Navarro has more. In the world's smallest republic, home to just 12,000 people, hundreds of kilometers from its nearest neighbor, we set out to talk with people to find out what they think about the government's decision to establish formal diplomatic relations with China. don't really know whatever the, um, the government's decision to make it, uh, we'll just go by. Most people we talked with shared the same sentiment. I think it's something, our government is doing something what's in Nauru's best interest. 
Earlier this month, Nauru's government ended its ties with Taiwan that began in 1980. I think Taiwan just couldn't keep up with the island needs for the development of the country. 32-year-old fisherman TJ Adu says he's concerned about the level of poverty that's impacted his country, a country that prospered for decades from phosphate mining and exports until those deposits were mostly exhausted. I think the country really, really needs the assistance because if you look around the island, not all the houses are built properly. Like they, people need good houses too. Adu says he's optimistic about Nauru's newly established diplomatic relationship with China. I think it's a good move for Nauru. Why? For the development of the country. That was Greg Navarro in Nauru. Recapping today's headlines. The UN has urged countries not to cut funding for its relief agency after Israel accused several UN employees of involvement in the October 7th Hamas attacks. The Islamic State has claimed the responsibility for a church attack in Istanbul that left one person dead. And Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi has met with Thai Prime Minister Seta Tewisin in Bangkok. That's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Tian Lu. Thank you for listening.